Find a fresh take on a fall getaway to Wilmington, North Carolina and beaches. Enjoy hiking trails in a state park, fresh seafood with a sight of live music and fall festivals galore. Then live it up along the Riverwalk in Wilmington's historic downtown. With three island beaches, Carolina, Curie and Wrightsville and a vibrant downtown, you get the best of the Carolina coast all in one place. Plan your fall getaway at WilmingtonandBeachesVacation.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Well, here we are. The goal we've been focused on ever since July. This is the game that so many of us predicted and are now vindicated in our belief. Now, while the journey may not look exactly how we envisioned it, back when the sun was still beating down, I wouldn't have it any other way. With your two superstars, Deuce Vaughn and Felix Anudike Uzama leading the way, we've seen some surprise characters come to the forefront. Austin Moore, Brendan Mott, and the redemption story of Will Howard. This team has battled through the roller coaster ride, proved the doubters wrong when they were written off after a non con loss, and rallied after two disappointments in Big 12 play. All of that now can be put to bed because on Saturday, this school's third Big 12 championship in football could be just 60 minutes away. And we find ourselves in that familiar feeling where it is us against the world. The entire conference backing their shot at a playoff team. But I'll tell you this. I don't mind playing the villain. While national pundits on the coast might be riding us off, those in this neck of the woods know what's up. Chris Kleiman and this team has exactly what it takes 
to become Big 12 champions. And we're getting that rematch that we've been wanting ever since round one in Fort Worth. Now as you go down to the Lone Star State, if you're holding it down at home watching in front of your TV, all eyes and all hearts will be backing this team as they try to set out and do what we all knew what was possible. But once again, the K-State Wildcats have to get it done not by talking, not by sitting back and letting the media do the work for us, but proving it on the field. So get jacked up, get excited, and let those feelings course through your veins. Because it's time to become a Big 12 champion once again, my friends. Every man a wildcat. Go state. Let's get it. You better watch out. You better not cry. You better not pout. I'm telling you why. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Scott's making a list. Grant's checking it twice. They're gonna find out who's naughty and nice. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Basketballs are coming to town. Ho, 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 boys. Boom, the boys are back, and it is time for. The Big 12 Championship game. My goodness, I am pumped. I hope you are too. It is so fun to be talking about a 13th game. I'm talking about K-State playing in AT&T Stadium that first Saturday in December. But before we get into Chris Kleiman's press conference, remember we are sponsored by Manhattan Brewing Company. The best brewery in the entire state of Kansas with the most... Delicious and fresh beer in the entire state. I was there for a good four and a half hours leading up to that KUK State Sunflower Showdown. I'll be in there quite often before K State basketball games this year if you see me come up and say hi. They have the Tang Time IPA and so many other delicious fresh beers right there on tap. And if you're not a beer drinker, they have a full bar as well. 
Check them out the next time you're in Manhattan. The next time you're in a liquor store, be on the lookout for Manhattan Brewing Company. Delicious four packs. And if they don't have it, tell them to get it. All right, let's just get into it. Um, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped. The energy is up and so are the nerves. So are the nerves, my friends. So much stuff going on. Honestly, this November has been the greatest sports month of all time. When you have all the college football, all the NFL, the World Cup going on, college basketball. If you're an NBA and NHL guy, it's going on too as well. And now we have the U.S. men's national team playing a round of 16 knockout stage versus Holland uh, you know, two hours before the game. It's going to be wild. I have no idea how I'm going to, uh, I'm going to be in a horrible emotional state. I'm going to be all over the place that Saturday morning, but I can't wait. Someone who is much more even keeled is Chris Kleiman. You guys know I always like to try to, you know, play the, uh, you know, nonverbal communication analyst, the body language analyst. He seemed to be confident. He seemed to be enjoying himself up at the podium. Uh, I'll say this. Not a lot of like probing questions. It was kind of a basic press conference. It almost felt like uh, after the first handful of questions, it was basically just filler questions uh, to fill the time. But hey, it is what it is. Chris Kleiman kicked it off talking about how proud he was of the team taking care of business on Saturday because with the ultimate prize on the table getting to the Big 12 championship game, uh, there was a lot of distractions. You're playing your rival. It's senior night. Uh, the weather you know, was crazy. Thanksgiving, he was just very, he, he went on and on about how proud he was of the team to just take care of business. He also said that he's very happy that this team can represent Kansas State in the Big 12 championship game. Also gave a lot of love to the crowd on Saturday. Said it was the best one of the season. At least at the beginning of the game it was. And, and uh, it was a very fun game. Uh, he was asked a question. Chris Kahneman was asked a question. Uh, because he has experience playing the same team multiple times in a season from his days in the FCS level. And he was asked, you know, how do you handle that? What do you do about it? He says, playing the same uh, team twice, he's done it quite a bit. And you have to look at the most recent games. You can't go back and only look at the game you played versus them. Um, and at the same time, you can't reinvent the wheel. K-State is in this game for a reason. TCU's in the game for a reason. So you got to focus on the most recent games and not try to worry about reinventing your entire team because you're playing a team for the second time. I think that is a very good, a very healthy, a very smart way to go about it. Uh, this is why I will never and could never be a high-level coach because I would have the urge to try to change things up. You know, I'd have the urge to try to do something stupid like roll out there in the triple option or something like that on offense. Uh, Chris Kleiman did later on uh, in the press conference reference, though, he was going to be excited to see what sort of wrinkles we could see from the offense. He says he wasn't going to give anything away. Asked about uh, the difference between the offense in the second half versus TCU and the offense. Now, he first made the very correct assumption. We didn't really have the ball a lot in that second half, which is very true. 
but then went on to say that Will Howard is more comfortable in the offense, and the offense is more comfortable uh, with Will Howard. Since that TCU game, he was taking a lot of, if not the majority of, the first-team snaps every single week. Uh he was asked about getting thin at safety and specifically uh, about Max Marsh playing instead of uh, Nick Steiger. Uh, and if they were going to try, if they were doing that to try to keep Nick Steiger's redshirt alive, uh, Chris Kleiman did say that that was the case, but all safeties are on board. All safeties are good to go. Uh, everyone is available to play on Saturday. So you might be seeing a little bit more of him versus TCU. He did mention, though, a lot of the stuff that KU does, Max Marsh has just seen a lot more than him. He was specifically asked about Adrian Martinez, and his answer was this. Will Howard is the guy, will be the guy on Saturday, but there is an outside chance of Adrian Martinez being available. If he is, we will have a package available for Adrian Martinez. My initial instinct on this is he is kind of doing a smoke screen. He may be available. Adrian Martinez might be available. But I would gamble a lot of money that it is more of in an emergency backup role. I would be legitimately shocked if Adrian Martinez is playing in the game on Saturday. Now, in the bowl game, in the Sugar Bowl, if Adrian sticks around, I could see them maybe having a package, having a few plays, making sure he gets out there in his final game of collegiate football. Uh, but I don't see that happening this week. I don't I don't think we will see Adrian Martinez playing. Now, him putting it out there, I'm sure you know if TCU is worth half their weight in salt, they're going to now have to prep a little bit for it. And I think ultimately that's what Chris Kleiman's making them do. At least dusting off the Adrian Martinez tape. He was asked why the defense has become so much better in the second half than the first half. And he really credits how well Big 12 teams uh, script out their plays. Uh, says that's a reason. And the other reason is later in the season it becomes tougher and tougher to replicate the speed that you go against in the Big 12. Talking about how tough it is for them, even with with the scout team, the scout team's starting to get banged up. So it takes them a few drives to get up to the speed of the game. Now, that sounds like a completely valid, both those are completely valid, but this is kind of where I go to, oh, Chris Kleiman is, is oversharing a little bit for my liking because... I mean, quite frankly, I, I don't I don't like hearing that they're having a tough time uh, replicating speed in practice and it taking them a while to get up to the speed of the game, especially when you're about to play one of the fastest teams in college football, one of the most athletic teams in college football in TCU. So I don't love hearing that, but it all makes sense. I he I think he gave a very honest answer. I just. I just don't like it. Um, he was asked about Miller and how uh, he really had his way with K-State uh, the first time they played. Reference how every time it seemed like it should be a second and eight, he's either running through an arm tackle or pushing a pile forward or making a guy miss, and then all, all of a sudden it's second and four, second and three. Uh, said that 
when he's running the ball, they really need to have a group concept, group tackle, gang tackle, and really go after him. And that is 100% true. If you hold Miller to only a handful of yards after contact, I think K-State has a really good shot at winning this game. I think that it's between him and Deuce Vaughn for that second all-conference, first-team all-conference running back spot. And if he were to get it, I'd be pissed off. I'd be pissed off if Deuce Vaughn is not first-team all-conference as a running back. But Miller is a damn good running back. And that really is a... uh, That's really something that worries me. The linebackers and the defensive line are really going to have to make it count when they get a chance to make a one-on-one tackle with him. Asked about Ty Zentner, the question is, it seems like every time something new gets put on his plate, he takes things to the next level. Whether he becomes a better punter once he starts kicking off and then a better everything once he starts kicking field goals, Chris Kleiman said the reason why is because Ty Zentner wants that pressure. He wants to win, he wants the extra responsibilities, and he's a great athlete. He's the ultimate competitor. That's why he's continued to get better when more things get put on his plate. And that's true. I've I've been saying it for a few weeks now. The Ty Zentner is without a doubt the best three-way kicker in the Big 12. He probably is one of the best ones in the nation. Frankly, because there aren't a lot of them. And he is upper tier at all of them. He is elite at kickoffs and he is elite at punting and he's damn good at kicking field goals too. Talking about uh you know this team versus other teams that Chris Commons had at K-State, K-State said this one is a very disciplined team. Turnovers down or down, penalties are down. We always stay in the fight. The guys know that it's never going to be easy, but they're staying in the fight and our kids have uh, done a great job of attacking the final 40 hours of prep. He talks about how after practice ends on Thursday, there's that 40 to 48 hours where they go all in, final bits of prep, final bits of scouting. He says that this team is really attacking those final 40 to 48 hours. That's what's setting them up. And finally, the last thing that I had uh, written down, that the big reason for success this season is the senior leadership. He said, after the bowl game, that energizes a program, but they capitalized on it by having a great winter that led to a great spring, led to a great summer, to a great fall, and now we're in the Big 12 championship. And I think that does say a lot. I think this leadership is good. You know, I I, I go back to this, and I've gone back to this game quite often uh, this week. You go back to that Tulane game, which, uh, spoiler alert, I recorded these segments a little bit out of order. I think when I'm picking all the conference championship games, I predicted uh, Willie Fritz to Georgia Tech, but he's going to stay at Tulane. But I go back to that Tulane game, and I go back to that South Dakota game where he talked about how the players on this team, they don't have to have the prep uh, pep talk about how you have to take everyone serious because they, they do it themselves. I go back and I think about that, and I remembered being super mad after that Tulane game, thinking, all right, what the hell? Like, if this is true, why do we lose to this Tulane team? Well, Tulane turned out to be pretty good, and, and here's the thing. That doesn't mean they aren't great leaders. It doesn't mean they're looking ahead. They had a bad game. And what we've seen is 
the team has bounced back every time the bell rings. Nothing has knocked them out. There's been a couple times this season where they could have let the Tulane game derail them. They could have let that TCU game and all those injuries derail them. They could have packed it up after that Texas game, but no. They come back stronger after every bit of adversity, and I do think that comes from the leadership in that locker room. Coaches need to be leaders. They have to be you know, the figurehead, they have to really, you know, set the foundation. But it's really about the players taking that and running. And I think we've seen that with this team. I really do. That's really all I took away from it. Like I said, there's a lot of filler. It seemed like uh, Chris Kleiman and really the journalists who were there are just ready for this Big 12 championship game. And I am as well. I know you guys are too. I know I'm not the only one in that boat. All right, now it's time to talk about, you know, what's on the line, what this game means. And it's presented by Charlie Hustle. I'm already packed for my trip to Indianapolis and then to Dallas. As you guys are listening to this, I'll be up in the air flying over uh, over to Indiana wearing one of my Charlie Hustle K-State crew neck sweatshirts. I promise you, there is your next favorite sweatshirt on charliehustle.com or in select retailers in the Manhattan area and the Country Club Plaza store. It is comfortable, it is stylish, and is rocking all those fun logos from the past and present K-State Athletics range. It's officially licensed and it's a local Kansas City company. So get over to charliehustle.com today. All right, here's the deal. This is the game that we have been talking about what, since October, right? Since October. Um, this is the game that everyone had on their radar. This is the this was the goal. If you guys go back and listen to the Bonehead Prediction episode, almost everyone had K-State in this game. Whether we are going to be wearing purple or whether we are going to be wearing white. I don't think anyone had TCU being the opponent. And shout out to TCU. Uh, I, I talked about in you know the dramatic open, you know the Friday Night Lights opening uh, about how you know no one had us. None of the big media folks really had us in here, and they're not giving us a shot now. Well, all the credit to TCU because you know they. Uh, they, they were picked even lower than we did, um, and, and here they are sitting undefeated. So, again, this isn't a game, um, this isn't the matchup any of us predicted, but this is the game we all wanted to be in. This is all. This is the game we all thought we could get to. You know, we are back in the top 10. This is a spot where I, I think we all knew we could get. Now, there are different parts during the season, again, uh, after the the Tulane game, and then when we lost control of our own destiny uh, after the Texas game. Um, I know I was feeling down after both those, but sure enough, this team, led by Chris Kleiman, led by the leaders uh, in the locker room, leaders on the field, they were able to get us back into into this game. Again, we're going for our first Big 12 title since 2014, or 2012, excuse me. First title since 2012. We are playing for it in 2014. This is the first Big 12 championship game, just straight up game, uh, since 2003. 
We've been in, we were in the game quite a bit, uh, you know, 98, 2000, 2003. Um, and again, uh, we were playing for it right at the end of the year, 2011, 2012, and 2014. Uh, this is, no, we are no strangers to playing for these sort of stakes at K-State. We're not. No matter how much the media, whether it's regionally or nationally, try to say, oh, you know, K-State is, you know, having some dream season that they'll never get to again. That's straight up false. That That is not true. Um, this is the first time that Chris Kleiman has been in this game. This is the latest into the season where we uh, were, were getting to Arlington was an option during the Chris Kleiman era. Yes, that is true. But there were different points uh, last year, and hell, even the COVID year, we started very hot in conference play. Uh, this isn't going to be a one-time thing. This isn't a first-time thing either. K-State football is now squarely back where I think we can be. A contender for championships in a legitimate top 20 type team in college football. No matter what happens on Saturday, this isn't going to be some flash in the pan. This is not going to be uh, something that we look back on in 20 years and be like, man, it's that feels like forever ago. No, I don't think that at all. K-State just grabbed, you know, at William Lee, a cornerback, one of the top cornerbacks, uh, you know, in junior college football, beating out Iowa and Florida State. We already grabbed the top offensive linemen, in the state in 2024 for the 2024 class, first commitment in the 2024 class, and you beat out KU, Nebraska, Iowa, Iowa State, Missouri, you know, Gus Hawkins out of Mill Valley. Again, we have now hit a point in a stride in the Chris Kleiman era where he knows exactly what type of players it's going to take for K-State to be successful, and we're out there going out and getting them. This is not going to be a one-time, you know, this is not going to be like Chris Kleiman's one shot at winning the Big 12. That said, it's not going to be an every year type thing. We, You can't, it's not like the Kansas City Chiefs pencil them in to play in the AFC Championship game every year from here on out. No. You do have to capitalize on these opportunities when you get them. Because you don't know if it's going to be 23, 24, 25, when the next time it's going to happen. It will happen again. But the thing that makes college football great and the thing that can really set Chris Kleiman apart is capitalizing when you get the opportunities. Getting that third Big 12 championship would mean something. K-State doesn't put up a bunch of banners for bowl games. The expectation is to go to bowl games. And again, we'll be going to a great bowl game. We'll be going to a New Year's Six bowl game. We'll be going to the Sugar Bowl for the first time. Regardless of what happens in this game, yes. But that isn't that isn't what K-State does. You know, you go to different stadiums and they have bowl game flags up and all that type of stuff. No, that, that's not what K-State's going to do. You'll get to put up 2022 up on the press box for another Big 12 title. You know, maybe in the offseason we'll talk about how we probably should recognize, you know, some of those conference titles, some of those Big 6 conference titles way back in the day. But, hey, that, that's, that's, that's a conversation for another episode. But, but this is what it's all about. You guys have heard me say, 
many times that the ultimate goal for every season should win should be winning a Big 12 title. If anything more happens in the future, if anything bigger can happen in the future, then hey, that's awesome. But the ultimate goal needs to be winning the Big 12, and it is right there. It is a 60-minute ball game away. It's just right there. You know, in in winning the Big 12 in football is a massive accomplishment. You know, and especially doing it now in this period of transition, establishing yourself as one of the cornerstone football programs in the soon-to-be new Big 12 is a big deal. Because perception is key. Again, we've seen it. We've seen it as... Uh, you know, Paul Feinbaum and all these other national talking heads already trying to detract from K-State saying that, oh, TCU, if they lose, they shouldn't be in. They're playing a nobody. I mean, that's absolute trash. We're a top 10 team. And eventually, the narrative has to change. But it's not going to change overnight. Winning this game and establishing yourself probably alongside TCU as the top two programs in the new Big 12 again, BYU, Cincinnati, UCF are going to come in. They're going to think something else. Oklahoma State's going to want to think something else because you know they have been very successful. I get all that. Baylor, again, they've won multiple Big 12 titles recently. So they're going to have something to say about that as well. But in the new pecking order, in this new world post-Oklahoma and Texas, everyone is jockeying for that top spot perception-wise. Because we know for a while now, those have not been the top two teams in the conference. Yes, Oklahoma has gone to the conference championship game quite often. I get it. They even won it. They had a great run. They had a great stretch. I'm sorry, Brent Venables is not him. He is not He's not going to go next year either. It's a new world. The post-Oklahoma and Texas world started last year. even And it's going to continue on. So you're battling for that perception. You're battling for that new position atop the conference beyond just this year, beyond just the trophy, just beyond the stand-up for the champions video and t-shirts and hats and all that type of stuff. It goes beyond all of that. And again, these are the type of games that legacies are built on. When I talked in the offseason about you know, Deuce Vaughn and this could be his last game playing at K-State. We'll see what happens. I hope he plays in the bowl game regardless. And hell, you know what? It, it probably would not benefit him professionally. But I'm a selfish K-State fan. I would love it if I had to eat crow and he comes back next year. But this is a legacy type game. If you want to try to measure him up against a Darren Sproles. If you want to say without a doubt he is better than a John Hubert, some some of these things have to go beyond the stat sheet. You know, those two guys played massive roles in winning Big 12 championships. They did. If Deuce Vaughn goes off in this game over 200 yards, you know, whether it's rushing or combined with receiving, gets in the end zone a couple times, all of a sudden, he's right there, and you definitely can make that argument that he belongs right side-by-side, side 1A, 1B with Darren Sproles. Because what's the one highlight? There's two highlights you always see when it's Darren Sproles. It's him pulling that guy, that, that Nebraska player, into the end zone in the screen pass touchdown versus Oklahoma. Deuce Vaughn, 
helps us win a, a Big 12 title, he's right up there. Again, Chris Kleiman getting a Big 12 title. Again, that's something that Bill Snyder only did twice. This is something that is extremely tough. And talk about legacy building. In his fourth season, getting a Big 12 title and 10 wins, that's big time when you're talking legacy for a coach. The Will Howard redemption story. Again, the two quarterbacks who brought K-State Big 12 titles, Colin Klein, L. Robertson. They're both up on the Ring of Honor. Now, if we win this game, I'm not going to start banging the table trying to get Will Howard up on the you know Ring of Honor just yet. Uh, but but it's a massive legacy game, and, and 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 for him, maybe more than anything, is that redemption story. Everyone wrote off Will Howard, myself right at the front of the list included. Thinking the season's over when he has to start playing. Memories of how he struggled as a freshman and sophomore. And he's been lights out since he came back. He's been one of the best quarterbacks in the conference since he took over. Again, I, I, I think Will Howard's legacy is still in front of him. But man, talk about one of the most riveting and almost instantaneous redemption stories in the history of college football if he can pull it off. And again, we're, we're obviously saying that it was unfair to write him off. I think it's easy to forget, you know, being thrown into the fire as a a true freshman. Even last year, kind of, you know, everything catching him by surprise getting out there. Um, So obviously it was unfair, but hey, it is what it is. It already happened. The redemption story is already on. But if you can put, you know, an exclamation point by lifting up that, you know, knockoff Lombardi trophy that the Big 12 trots out there is their, you know, championship trophy nowadays, absolutely massive. You have other guys like Malik Knowles, who has been around since the Bill Snyder era. You know, he was there that final year under Bill Snyder. That was his redshirt freshman year. You think about some of the guys, you know, Sammy Wheeler. You you think of some of these folks who have been there, who went through the very dark ending of the Bill Snyder era, either as a freshman or as a recruit, and then bringing in new life, bringing in this new era of college football putting an exclamation point on their legacy. You think about the guys like Felix Anudike Uzama, Echo Boido, Julius Brintz. Some of these guys who are superstars. And superstars go for the big moments in the big games. And this is the biggest stage. This is the biggest game. So you think about, hey, how are they going to wrap up and really capitalize and put an end on their K-State legacy. This is a massive game. It's not just massive for the fans. It's not just massive for the players, for the coaches. It's for the entire program. Championship games are defining moments for everyone involved, whether as a fan or actually on the field or in the administration office, all that type of stuff. Absolutely huge. But I don't need to tell you guys that. My stomach has been in knots ever since Sunday morning. Oh, man. I can't wait for it. All right, let's get into the keys to V for this game. Um, Again, 
uh, with, with the abbreviated uh, window uh, that, that's taken to uh, record all this type of stuff, I don't have any from the Boneheads. So I'm going to give you four. The first one is going to be make special teams a double plus. Now, folks will remember the two missed field goals from that first game. Um, I, I think probably even remember a couple punts that maybe could have been better. Not getting a massive return, game-changing return from that first game. And again, dude's banged up, absolutely going to war. So can Ty Zentner keep it up? Can Ty Zentner, again, you know, he, he doesn't qualify for any kicker awards because he, he took over so late. But, you know, he is making a run at becoming, you know, the Ray Guy winner and being able to be obviously in the Big 12, probably in the nation, the best triple threat kicker, kickoffs, field goals, and punting, triple crown punter, whatever you want to call him, one of the best in the nation. There will be moments, whether it's in the kicking game, whether it's in the punting game, whether it's setting up the defense with good field position or getting points on the board, that Ty Zentner is going to have to step up and be a superstar. And again, that's not usually something that you think of when you're talking about superstar players. But that's what he is. That is what he has turned into. So being a plus-plus team on special teams and specifically, it's going to come down to, I believe, Ty Zentner and Malik Knowles. I don't know if they'll give Phillip Brooks a chance to return a punt, but we'll see. The next one, let Will Howard cook. Now, we saw him absolutely have this coming out party that we all thought was out of nowhere versus TCU the first time. And he was just slinging the rock around the field until he got hurt. And we've seen it ever since. When he's able to have time, when he's able to extend plays by moving around the pocket, he's able to find the home run plays. He's able to make the big plays. But as we saw versus KU, he will, he, you know, he's human. He'll fumble the ball if he's getting hit from the blind side. So this is as much about specifically the tackles, you know, KT and Duffy, as it is about Will Howard. Allowing him to cook, allowing him to keep his eyes downfield, allowing him to thread needles, allowing him to be this gunslinger that he's turned out to be. He has to be able to have time. He has to be able to be clean. So that's key to V number two. Number three is put a lid on their offense. We saw some absolute massive plays from them. We saw Johnston get up and make massive catches. We saw all sorts of their wide receivers make big plays. I think they had three guys who had receptions over 30 yards. I guess I can pull that up. Yeah, Johnson had a 55-yard, Wiley had a 30-yard, and Davis had a 65-yard touchdown. Miller had 18, Spivey 16, Trey Barber 14. Three guys with receptions more than 30 yards, six, 14 or more. You have to keep a lid on them. 
Now, we, we've seen ever since Kobe Savage go down first half, we've seen the offense get beat over the top. And we were banged up in that first game as well. We need Josh Hayes to have a massive bounce back type game because ultimately when when you have the two corners out there, he becomes your third best cover guy. And if he's able to kind of get back to that form, that would be big. I know he th- there was a play that he got beat deep versus TCU the first time as well. So we need Josh Hayes to step up and have a massive game back there. We also need Echo and Julius Brents to play at the level that we have come to expect from them and stay healthy as well. Because they have these wide receivers who are capable, again, of massive home run touchdown plays. And if the three of those guys have their A game in coverage, I like our chances. I really do. The third one for me, try to stay ahead of schedule. Now, that's a stupid key to V, and it's like one of those basic ones we always make fun of. But trying to continue to move the ball down the field. We've, we've shown we're, we're more than capable of hitting the home run play. We've shown we're capable of picking up the third and longs when we need to. But I feel that Chris Kleiman and Colin Klein, once they get in that play-calling rhythm and they're able to get creative on second and three, third and one, you know, getting these big chunks on first down opens up the play sheet. It doesn't limit you to, you know, a handful of plays that you have in your back pocket, you know, for third and eight. It lets the creativity that Colin Klein has shown he has really shine through. So that is the third key to V. And the fourth one, just play 2022 K-State Wildcat football. This team has swagger. This team has confidence. This team has everything that fans love to see. Put on a show one more time. Fly around on defense. Hit hard. Do the thumbs down celebration. Throw up the mob sign. Just have fun out there. Have that swagger. Have that confidence. On offense... Get creative. Run the fun plays. Pancake guys. Dance in the end zone. Flex on them when you make a big you know, reception. Having the confidence and in going into this game and playing like the K-State Wildcats, what Kansas State, what we have shown this year, and show that, hey, yeah, TCU might be number three in the nation. Yeah, they might be getting ready to try to go to the playoff. All that jazz. Show them that we're not just going to bow down and let them take the Big 12 championship. No. We have to show that we belong, that we're more than just, you know, a spectator, but, you know, we're a fucking participant. Play the villain if we need to. So those are my four keys to V. I'm sure you guys have yours as well. Tweet them at Bosco's boys at Scott Wildcat so I can read them while we're traveling. Now, let's get into game predictions 
Uh, I beat you guys uh, by five games, six games, six games this year. Um, there's only conference championship games plus Army Navy left. I'll give my thoughts uh, on the games, and then I'll give you the K-State prediction. I'm sure you guys are picking K-State to win. Uh, USC at Utah. I think uh, you know. I think USC does it. I think they're on the verge of getting into the playoff. I think they will be that number four team. They'll take down Utah. Um, I don't know if it'll be a close game or not. Um, I do. I, I actually. I think it'll be a close game. I think USC ends up doing it though, and they end up being the number five team or four team in the playoff. LSU Georgia. I think Georgia absolutely destroys LSU. LSU absolutely shit the bed last week. Versus a very bad Texas A&M team. So I think Georgia takes care of business. Tulane hosting UCF. uh, Our friend from earlier in the year. Facing off with our future conference mate. uh, Winner I believe will be in the Cotton Bowl. uh, Playing somebody in a New Year's Six Bowl. I think uh, Tulane ends up uh, getting it done. It sounds like Willie Fritz will be off to Georgia Tech after that. Uh, Michigan will absolutely destroy Purdue. Uh, Clemson. (laughs) <laughs> shit in the bed versus, uh, you know, uh, South Carolina. Do they get done versus North Carolina? No. I'll, I'll predict the upset there. I think uh, Mac Brown gets it done there. Uh, I have Buffalo over Akron in the Mac championship. I have our friends, the UTSA Roadrunners. I have them beating Seth Luttrell's North Texas team in the Conference USA championship game being played down in the Alamo Dome. I lied. That Buffalo-Akron game, not the MAC championship. That's just a makeup game. Uh, the MAC championship, Ohio versus Toledo. I have Toledo. They're 5-3. and three. I think they get it done versus Ohio. I have Troy taking down Coastal Carolina. I think we have Troy coming to Bill Snyder Family Stadium next year. Uh, so we might be facing off with the uh, reigning Sunbelt champion. We need to stop playing these good... Uh, these good G5 teams. Uh, Boise State hosting Fresno State in the Mountain West Championship game. I have Fresno State pulling off the upset. Boise State really turned things around after a bad non-conference season. Michigan absolutely destroying Purdue. And the game. The game we all care about. Which shade of purple is going to win? Absolutely gut-wrenching hell. I have TCU 27, K-State 31. Stand up for the champions. We'll be blaring. We're all going to party down Arlington. K-State going to win the Big 12, baby. Oh, man, I'm nervous. Even saying that out loud gives me goosebumps. Line currently sitting at TCU minus 2.5. Over under set at 62. I think that's a good over-under number. 31-27. Book it. So, for Chauncey Bosco, for all the Wildcat fans going to Arlington, Texas, we love you guys. And go Cats.
Marumba Fight, UK State Wildcats form alma mater fights. Glory in the combat for the purple and the white. Faithful to our colors, we will ever be a fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat. Victory! Fight, 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 fight! UK State Wildcats for alma mater! Fight, 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 fight! Glory in the combat for the purple and the white! Faithful to our colors, we will ever be! Fighting, ever fighting for a wildcat victory! Go State! Podcast Network.